How's it going, everybody? You're listening to episode number 44 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I'm a thru-hiker. I thru-hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2018. I'm a peak bagger. I finished the New Hampshire 48 and the Adirondack 46. I'm almost done the Northeast 115. That's pretty much my hiking resume there. And this is the podcast where I chat with other thru-hikers and other peak baggers and other people who are just stoked on hiking just like myself about their experiences on the trail. Now, Max Cerullo, a peak bagger and journalist, joins the show. Mac has completed the 4,000 footers in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. He also wrote this amazing article about Philip Karsh's single-year grid for Outside Magazine, and you should definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Folks, this is just a bunch of White Mountain talk, pretty much. I mean, we do talk about the article at the beginning. Mac was actually with Philip when he finished the single-year grid, so we talk about what that was like, kind of being involved in that whole crazy ordeal. And then, yeah, we pretty much just kind of shoot the shit about the Whites. I think one of the most interesting parts of this conversation is when we talk about this kind of controversial issue where some of these peaks in the New Hampshire list might not actually be, or they're not 4,000 feet, there's a couple of them, and this just came out recently, there were some surveying errors, and you know, there's kind of this discussion going on right now about what should be done with the list, should we keep it the way it is for tradition's sake, should we change it, you know, we there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on, and I actually didn't know that much about it, so I was able to kind of learn through him, and hopefully if you aren't aware, you can learn as well, so Mac... Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. One of the really cool things about this episode is that I was actually directly inspired to go back to the White Mountains and do a little loop in the sandwich range because of this conversation. So my regular listeners might have realized that I didn't, or I hope they realized that I didn't post an episode last week. Um, I needed a little bit of a break and honestly... Uh, another reason why I didn't post was just because I was kind of getting back from this trip and that kind of changed my plans a little bit. So anyways, yeah, we, we talk a little bit, I'm not going to spoil it, but about some of the more underrated or underappreciated parts of the White Mountains. And because of that conversation, I, I, I knew I was kind of due to go back somewhere, go hike somewhere. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to the sandwich range. I'm going back to the whites. So that was really cool. Like I said, sorry for missing the episode last week because of it, but folks, I like to hike. So <laughs> sorry, not, not sorry though. So that was really cool. Um, I got to say a couple more things before we get into this episode. The first thing is I am very excited to announce that I have published the trail tales website. That's right. Now, not only are you going to hear me plug my Instagram and my email, but you're going to hear me plug trailtalespod.com. Now, some of you, if you really, really pay attention to these these intros, like a couple months ago, the beginning of the summer, you probably heard me say that I was in the process of building a website, and then I didn't say anything about it for a while after that. Well, I wasn't slacking. It took me this long to build this freaking website. I'm a software developer. That's my day job, so I didn't really want to pay anybody to do it. So I was like, screw it, I'll figure it out myself. And between editing the episodes and you know running the Instagram and all that stuff and, and just hiking and being a person, uh, it, it did take a while. It was tough to kind of find that extra free time to get it done. So I was pretty much just chipping away at it piece by piece for a while. But I finally 
kind of finished it. It's it's finished enough that I'm I'm publishing it. It's live right now. So once again, trailtalespod.com. I feel like most people probably don't really care, but I'm pretty stoked on it. So go check it out. Go try to break it. Go see what things I messed up and what things I need to fix cuz I'm sure I've never built a website before, so I'm sure there's something wrong with it somewhere, but yeah, just go go mess around on it. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, and hopefully I can improve it going forward. Still got a couple things to do, but yeah, trailtalespod.com. Let's say you don't trust it. Maybe you're afraid it's going to give you a virus. I don't even think that's possible just from going to a website. Maybe I don't even know, but if you don't want to go to the website, but you still want to give me some feedback or contact me or whatever, you can do that by the usual methods, Instagram, you people should know that I freaking love Instagram at TrailTalesPod. I post, you know, multiple times a week all like original photos that I take myself on my various hikes. So go check that out. Email, that's another great way to contact me. TrailTalesPod at gmail.com. If you have any sort of feedback or if you just want to say hi, let me know who you are and where you listen from. I always love hearing from people. I also want to say that if you send me an email or a Instagram DM or use the contact form on trailtalespod.com, which is sweet, um, and you send me some feedback or just, you know, say hi or whatever, I will send you a free sticker, a free Trail Tales sticker. Hell, I'll even send you two free stickers. So just let me know what your address is or whatever, and, you know, I'll get those out. I've had a couple people take me up on that, and it's kind of fun to write the little thank you notes and stuff. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's get some stickers out, people. Let me send you a freaking sticker. The next thing I have to say is a big, big thank you to everybody who donated to the Trail Tales team for 46 climbs. That fundraiser is officially over. You've probably been hearing me talk about it for a few months now. In total, the Trail Tales team raised $2,660, which is so amazing. When I first started this fundraiser. I had no idea, like absolutely no idea, like how much I was going to be able to raise. I I set the goal at $100 because like I just didn't know. And obviously that that goal was, you know, just blown out of the water. About $2,000 out of that $2,660 was raised by one man named David Gallagher. David, I've thanked you a couple times, but I'm going to do it one more time. That was so freaking sweet, dude. I, I, I really appreciate that. And of course, I appreciate everybody who donated any amount of money, no matter how big or how small. $2,660. That's pretty freaking cool. I'm really stoked on that. So thank you to everybody who participated. The last thing that I want to mention before we get into the conversation here, just real quick, is a couple ways that you can help support the show. If you are a subscriber, if you're a regular listener, I really appreciate that. If you want to go the extra mile and help out, there's a couple ways you can do that. Five-star iTunes reviews are fantastic. I usually read them at the beginning of the next episode. I'm kind of behind right now, and I'm not going to do one because this introduction is running pretty long, but please go leave a five-star iTunes review. And there's another huge way that you can help out the show, something I haven't mentioned in a long time, and that is the Trail Tales Patreon Folks, I've kind of struggled to get people to to sign on to the Patreon, and I would really appreciate it if you could just go check it out. You'll get some bonus content, and just you'll get some some bloopers. There's plenty of bloopers in there. I always screw shit up, especially in these introductions. So please go check that out. I have to renew my hosting pretty soon. I have to pay for hosting 
For next year, for Trail Tales, I also have to pay for this website hosting now, trailtalespod.com, freaking sweet. Um, so yeah, there there are some expenses. It's not a ton. I'm not going broke producing this show, but it is pretty much a part-time job that I kind of lose money on. So I don't know. If you want some bonus content and you want to just help ensure I can continue to do this, at least go check it out. It's patreon.com slash trailtales. Once again, patreon.com slash trailtales. Or if you want to go the extra mile, you can go to trailtalespod.com and then go to the Patreon through the links on that website because that website is freaking sweet so yeah i don't know please check that out let's get into the episode folks max cerullo is on the show not gonna lie my voice was uh kind of struggling for this episode it's still kind of struggling now but it's not quite as bad i've got something going on with like my throat some sort of cold or whatever so forgive me on that front i still think it was a cool chat so let's get into it here we go number 44 with max cerullo I, I i definitely got that last name right there didn't i mac oh yeah you got it no problem sweet sweet yeah i, I always like to to make sure because i feel like one of these days i'm gonna like forget to ask like to double check before we start recording and just like look like a complete asshole and just mispronounce my guest's name right off the right off the top but i, I think i did pretty well with that one um, some of you might be familiar with Mac because he is the one that wrote the Outside Magazine article about Philip Karsha's single-year grid, and that's kind of how we got connected. And in that article, Mac mentioned Trail Tales, which freaking blew my mind because, I mean, I think I kind of said this on one of the Philip episodes, but to think that like this podcast that I started and still do like literally in my bedroom by myself would somehow be mentioned in like an outside magazine article, even if it's just one line, like that's, that's freaking crazy. And, and Mac, I know I just thanked you a second ago uh, before we started recording, but I I had to say it again because dude, that's so awesome. That's like, uh, I, I like ran downstairs and like showed my roommates. Like I was, I was just so pumped on it. I had a couple people like message me and tell me congrats or whatever. So dude, Thank you so much for that, and like, congrats to you as well because that was a freaking awesome article, dude. I, I'm sure a lot of people listening have a, have read it, and if they haven't, they should definitely go check it out. And yeah, dude, just thank you so much, dude. That was it's my pleasure, honestly. Like, you know, I was uh, hoping hoping the article would have a chance to, well, tell Philip's story, obviously, but you know, you you uh, I, you kind of deserve the props yourself because I think I mentioned in the article. I mean, how I found out about you in the first place was because uh, your first episode with Phil was to that point the first time he'd ever actually, you know, talked about his uh, story publicly. I mean, I'd been working on it for a little while, kind of, you know, but you know, everybody, you know, people who knew him sort of knew what the deal was, and if you were following his story, you know, as his Instagram and whatever, it wasn't hard to figure it out. But you got the scoop, dude. So you know, you gotta, you know, as one content creator to another you know you gotta gotta give props where it's due so it's, uh, you know of course my pleasure <laughs> yeah man i i got really lucky with that to be honest and and a decent amount of people that are listening to this right now that are subscribers and and regular listeners now found out about the show through his episode or his, his episodes because he's done three obviously and so i i just got super lucky i mean i think in our first one i kind of talked a little bit about how we met each other 
but I don't think I actually mentioned, or maybe, maybe I did it, it's been a while now, it's back in April, but <clears throat> like when I first met him and heard about what he was like, had, had just started to do, um, at that point, I had already kind of decided that I was going to start this podcast after I got back. And I was like, I got to have this guy as a guest. Like he doesn't even know. I'm st- I haven't told anybody at this point that I'm, I'm starting a podcast. Like I didn't tell him at the time, but I got his Instagram just because I was like, I want to stay in touch with this guy. And I want to see, you know, first of all, how he does, obviously, because I was, I was interested in that. But I mean, to be honest, like the reason I like kind of got his, uh, his contact info was because I was really thinking ahead and I didn't really think that much of it at the time, but I can confidently say now that that's had like a huge impact on this show on the listenership. And obviously I think those are some of my, my best episodes too. So like (laughs) I just got freaking lucky, I guess. Like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's pretty gnarly, man. It's, it's pretty gnarly, but the article thing is awesome. And I I also just got to thank you for, for taking the time to come on today. I mean, you actually reached out to me, wanting to be on and i was like hell yeah like that sounds awesome for everybody listening we're going to talk about the white mountains quite a bit today mac like just finished his new hampshire 48 and uh, we were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording i've talked a lot about the white mountains on this podcast or, or my guests have at least but i haven't really talked too much about like my like 48 so i think we're we're gonna kind of just go back and forth about them you know, some of that stuff later on in the episode. So it's going to be freaking sweet. Yeah, dude. Just uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time today. Of course, dude. I'm stoked. Let's do it. Why don't you just start by kind of explaining, you know, who you are? <laughs> sure, of course. So uh, I guess I'll co- kind of cover the uh, the journalism side of it first. So uh, my day job, I- I'm a reporter. I work as the sports editor for the Daily News of Newburyport over in Massachusetts. Uh, and so my like daily job is I kind of cover the local high school sports and stuff. And uh, one of the really cool things about my job is that I've so- sort of been able to parlay it into uh, the opportunity to cover the New England Patriots. So for the last month or so, I've just been like, you know, knee deep in the-, the NFL coverage. And it's the kind of job that, I mean, it goes without saying, it's the coolest thing ever. It's like, yeah, dude. basically a dream come true to have that kind of opportunity. And um, so sort of how that article that you've talked about kind of came about is I tend to be very plugged in, like in my day to day life, I'm always on the computer, I'm always on Twitter. And hiking has become a really great way for me to just disconnect and get away. And that's been something I've really grown to value a lot. Um, I didn't exactly grow up as like an outdoorsy person. I'm sure my parents probably wouldn't have ever predicted I'd be the sort of guy who'd one day start entertaining, you know, thoughts of doing, you know, these crazy hikes and these, you know, hoping to do a through hike one day. And um, I don't know, just a while back, I just, um, you know, kind of got into a little bit, um, sort of came, I can kind of tell you my 4,000 footers origin story in a little bit, but I've eventually kind of discovered the 4,000 footers. And um, yeah, and then just like, you know, that just became like a big thing. And like, you know, for almost two and a half years, it was almost like an obsession, I guess, just something I was just, you know, last year, for instance, I climbed, I want to say, I don't know, almost 30 peaks. Like I did a lot. I was out there like multiple times a month, you know, and I'm usually doing two or three at a time. And, um, yeah, then I guess kind of just how I kind of came into Phil's orbit was, uh, you know, just in the Facebook groups and start seeing this finding Philip guy posting these ridiculous stats about his diuretissima. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to like, this is crazy. Like somebody needs to t- write about this guy. And I was like, well, why not me? So, you know, reached out to him and, you know, kind of the rest is history. And we can get more into that later, but that's sort of, sort of my uh, origin story, so to speak. So, yeah, I actually wanted to talk quite a bit 
about Philip's article because um, one of the things that Philip said to me, I think he said it on the show and he also said it to me in person um, and, and, you know, just talking to him other times as well. Um, he was super stoked that not only he was able to, you know, complete his goal, but he was also able to kind of get, you know, you and I some exposure as well, like in the process. So he did tell me a little bit of your backstory, but I kind of want to hear it from the source. So when you first reached out to Philip, like, can you just kind of talk about how that all went down? Because from what Philip told me, it sounds like you'd kind of been plotting this article for a pretty long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty safe to say. I So I first kind of became aware of him around, I don't know, the holidays last year. So sometime last December, he, um, you know, had posted about his diuretissima. And at the time, that's all I knew about him. And, you know, other than that, he'd been working on some pretty intense, uh, you know, projects up to that point, which, mm-hmm. you know, I later found out was basically training for the single year grid. So um, basically how I met him was the uh, Notch Hostel, they uh, were doing this uh, fireside chat series where, you know, some hikers would kind of tell their story and um, he was one of them. So basically, you know, I I knew I wanted to write about him and I was like, well, I should reach out to him. But when I found out about this thing, I was like, oh, you know what? I should just go up there and just meet him in person. So, you know, I drove up there. um, It was like, I don't know, right. But it was between Christmas and New Year. So kind of a you know, random, you know, kind of busy time of year, you know, drove up to, to Woodstock, you know, listen to his presentation and, um, yeah, you know, had a chance to meet up with him after and, uh, basically said, all right, yo, let's like meet up sometime. Let's, uh, you know, we can talk, sit down, do our thing. Um, it ended up being a while because, uh, well, he was working on his single year grid, obviously, and then the Patriots made the Super Bowl, so I was like busy with that for a while, <laughs> which was just it's a crazy. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, literally, we you know get back from Atlanta, we met up uh, finally about a week later and sat down for I don't know two hours, three hours, and he just you know told me his you know his whole his whole story, um, and that's when he told me uh, so I'm working on this thing called the single year grid, and I was like oh geez like this is way way more intense than anything I'd even expected. So, you know, we ended up, I actually ended up coming up a second time, uh, a couple of weeks later, I had a similar conversation of like, I don't know, another two and a half hours. And, um, yeah, and then just kind of from there, just, um, you know, talked to, uh, Serena, his boss at the hostel, you know, uh, you know, also basically started at this point, I didn't have anybody to actually like publish this story yet. So yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. Yeah, I just started reaching out to, you know, every outdoor type magazine I could think of. And thank goodness, I mean, outside reached out and they're like, hey, we like this. this yeah, well, like, you know, well, let's, let's do it. And I was just blown away. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is couldn't have couldn't have gone better. So I let him know. And he I think he was like up on Mount Wiley or something at the time. And he calls back and he's like, dude, like what? Like, are you serious? <laughs> you know, he was he was stoked. And um, yeah, I mean, then um you know, we ended up hiking together. He and I did Mount Isolation. Um, this was towards the end of my, uh, uh, the end of my 48. Uh, this would have been mid June. Actually, you know what it was? It was the day of game seven of the Stanley cup, which I know you're, you don't really want to talk about. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But we, um, it's rough. yeah. So just, you know, chatted some more about the, you know, his, his, uh, and by now he was like almost done. So we chatted a little bit more about that and then pretty much just put the finishing touches on it after he uh, finished. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with him on that last day too. I mean, I can tell you more about that, but um, 
Yeah. Then, you know, just, it really just was a, like he said, I think on your, your show, like it was a best case scenario. It couldn't have gotten any better. And, um, you know, it was really, really great. It was really cool getting to know him. I mean, most of the people I deal with are, you know, coaches, high school kids and, you know, professional athletes and coaches Mm -hmm. and by and large, you know, they're, 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 they're sources. They're not exactly people you're like hanging out with, but Phil's one of the rare guys that like, he's actually become a friend and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have gotten to know him. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. How much of the article had you finished by the time outside kind of committed to to running it? Yeah, I honestly, I didn't actually start writing it uh, until after I'd already kind of, you know, committed with them. Okay, okay. I had so many pages of notes. Like, I transcribed all of our interviews, all four or five hours of them. Philip told me that, and and he was kind of saying that to illustrate like how like how much you put into this freaking article, which is, which is so crazy. So you were like, were you, you were like transcribing all these interviews, um, like hours of interviews before you even knew for sure if somebody was going to like publish the article. Well, I knew if nobody said yes, I was going to do it myself. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't have been relevant to the daily news of Newburyport's readership, but I mean, whatever, I would have probably gone for it, I guess, yeah, but yeah. I'm glad it didn't come to that. So <laughs> No, it was, you know, yeah, I just, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of notes, a lot of, you know, I had, I had, you know, I knew that this was a story that deserved a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, attention to detail. So I made sure to, uh, you know, get, do the prep work to make it so that it was, uh, I'll put it this way. I had to distill tens of thousands of words down to 2000 and that yeah. was extremely difficult. It was so like th- that story could have been 5,000 words easily. Yeah, man, and, you could have um, written a whole freaking book about it, honestly. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And like, that's absolutely some, whether it's me or him, like a book definitely should be written on his journey. It's just, that's a, you know, obviously a whole, a whole other thing. So, yeah, yeah. but st- still it's, it's crazy. So I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't really know what else you want me to to say on that. I mean, that's just kind of how it went. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about like, honestly, I'm most I'm mostly kind of curious about you know your your vision for it, like kind of from the start. Um, what were your like some of your initial like expectations or like ambitions, like when you before you got outside to commit, you know, when you were first kind of researching and 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 starting the process. Um. Well, like I said, my original conception of the story was specifically about the diuretissima. So, you know, you hear about the Appalachian Trail all the time, you hear about the PCT, you hear about all these through hikes, but this is like, not many people know about this thing, and it's, like, it's insane, like, some of the stats that you hear, I mean, it's, I, I don't I don't exactly remember off the top of my head, but something like 240 miles with, like, a, a lot of elevation, <laughs> like, ton, yeah. <laughs> an, like, an insane amount of elevation, and um, you go over all the four, all four of the eight, four thousand footers. I mean, it's pretty relentless. And um, you know, it's definitely something that I thought. Well, this is something that I think people would find interesting. And you know, just his story and just like what happened, like with him and um, you know his hiking partner on that trail, where like you know his 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 partner at that time got uh, injured halfway through, but not before like going like a hundred miles on the bad leg. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's you know they got rained on and it just it was just super interesting and dramatic. And, you know, I was just thinking, man, this is, this is compelling. Like, you know, and that was my original conception. And then it's like, Oh, actually, no, this is just like the first week I got like a lot, literally 10 months more of this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, well I'm sold. Let's go. Yeah, man. Do, do you write articles? Have you done projects like this kind of in the past? You know, I don't know like if freelance might be the right word for it. Um, and like, do you plan on doing stuff like this kind of in the future? 
Well, for the, for the record, I'd love to try to write for outside as much as I possibly can. And I've, you know, been in touch with their, the, my editor over there and basically expressed that. So I hope I'll get a chance to do more Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'm still looking for another story as cool as his, but, um, even, even still, uh, no. So I've had a chance, I've been fortunate to have a chance to write a lot of really interesting and cool stories over the years. Um, you know, I went to UConn and, uh, for undergrad and, um, beat Boston university for grad school. And, um, you know, I kind of have the whole like news and sports have always been a big part of my background. So, you know, I, I've written a lot of different stuff and I'm really grateful to have kind of had that chance to be versatile because I I find that, you know, a lot of times you'll see people who only write about one thing and that's kind of boring. And, but the nice thing about if you like do a lot of features, which is the thing I try to focus on mostly, mostly it's like every day you're writing something interesting and new about usually something else. I mean, even if a lot of my stories tend to be related to sports or in high school sports and, you know, football in particular, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you can always find some really interesting and cool stories out there. You know, you just, you never know, you just got to look for them. And, uh, you know, my kind of interest in hiking is kind of me. I'm trying to find as many cool stories like that as possible. That's, you know, because I, I, you know, and unfortunately in like Northeastern Massachusetts, it, we're, we're near the whites, but you know, it's not exactly the sort of thing that people are just doing in the backyard, you know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. not quite the most common thing. How, um, how far of a drive up there is it for you? So, well, so here's the thing. So I don't actually live in Newburyport. I actually live a lot closer to Cape Cod. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, so a whole you, other yeah, thing. Damn. <laughs> so I have a hell of a drive to get to the White Mountains, which is why I usually try to do it. So I'll try to spend the night in New Hampshire before I go, whenever it is. Because yeah, yeah. otherwise, I'm trying to get through Boston at rush hour, and that's just, yeah, that's the, that's not a thing. It's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, usually my my go to plan when I go hiking is I usually um, my family's got a place on Lake Sunapee, so we, uh, sometimes I'll go there. That's like two hours instead of like four, so that that's definitely a big improvement. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, or lately, I'll just stay at the stay at the notch, or I'll I don't know if I'm hiking somewhere closer to North Conway, I'll just bite the bullet and get a hotel room up there. Yeah, man. But that that definitely saves me a lot of trouble in the mornings. Yeah, that I, I kind of do something similar when I when I, when I've been going over to the Adirondacks lately. Um, cause I just finished my 46 a couple weekends ago. I, I would well, usually going to say, congratulations. I saw that on uh, Instagram. Good stuff. Yeah, dude. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I, I've been like going over and staying at like either like a car campground or honestly, most of the time I've just been like kind of like stealth camping in various places, um, which shall go unnamed, but, uh, you know, kind of doing a similar thing where I just, uh, you know, go over the night before and, and. It's especially important over there too because a lot of those trailheads like fill up super super early in the morning. Like, actually, the the <clears throat> when when I finished my forty six, I I showed up at the trailhead. I was at the Elk Lake trailhead. I showed up at like seven fifteen in the morning. Didn't even get a spot. Like it was freaking ridiculous. So that that definitely helps quite a bit. Um, yeah. I I, I kind of want to go back to to Philip Philip's last day. So you I don't have any notes on this, but you kind of mentioned this a few minutes ago. You were you were there on his last day. So. He kind of talked a little bit, like you know, about that last uh, freaking like crazy run he had right at the end, right at the beginning of July. There, um, how did you kind of like factor in, like, like when did you get there? And, and I don't know, just like describe the experience because, like, I can't even begin to imagine like what that must have been like. You know, 
it was a crazy weekend. So basically, uh, that was right around the fourth of July. So I think the weekend, the weekend after the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I started. I actually hiked Mount Cabot on that Friday to kind of start things off. That was my forty seventh four thousand footer. So that sort of kind of took the opportunity to kind of kind of take care of my own business and then uh basically straight from cabot i went straight to the notch where uh you know i met up with the his crew and basically at that point he was coming over um the franconia range so he was around that that stage of the game and he had been flying through the route from that point so like one of the fun things about this whole thing is he had that spot tracker going. I don't know if you were following it, but basically, you know, he he publicized the link to a spot tracker. So all week you could just pull this thing up and see where's Phil. And you you could kind of gauge his progress. You could, you could find Philip. You could find Philip, exactly, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the first couple of days, they were just moving. You know, he and his uh, guy, Jason Lance, were, I think the first day they covered the entire Kilkenny range, the entire uh, northern presidentials, and the full Wildcat Carter uh, Mariah Traverse. Freaking crazy. Which is just insane. <laughs> I like, remember when he, when he was talking about that on our, on our, I guess it would be our second episode, it was just like, holy shit, man, you're freaking insane. Yeah, it was it was wild. So, I mean, you know, with hiking, it's like you don't really you don't watch hiking on TV. So the closest thing that we get is like we follow a dot moving on a spot tracker. And it's like (laughs) freaking compelling, man. Like it's crazy. So anyway, by Friday, I get to Cabot and he or I get back to the notch from Cabot. And it's pretty clear that he's really slowing down. So we my original thought had been, all right, well, at the rate he's going, he's probably going to finish on Saturday. So the next day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of booked my night and my plan was basically, all right, well, he's going to show up around uh, kin- the, um, what is it called? The um, Beaverbrook Trailhead uh, at the base of Musalak, probably sometime uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, that didn't exactly work out. I mean, he was, you know, and he needed to sleep a little bit. He and Jason split up. Uh, Jason did finish around that time. And, you know, he was just, you know, his, he was worked. You know, he was totally done. But, you know, he kept on pushing along. But he ended up not actually showing up at that uh, trailhead until 3 or 4 in the morning on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Saturday, I basically took a zero day and just kind of chilled on the porch and uh, hung out and kind of watched his progress, talked to his crew, talked to, you know, kind of made fr- made some friends with everybody there. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, and then... I hadn't planned on spending that night, so I basically, you know, they were full, so I camped out in the backyard, set an alarm <laughs> nice and early, and then, uh, yeah, just rolled over to the Beaver Brook and met him when he came out of the woods. So you, he told that story about how the, you know, everybody kind of yeah, called out yeah. with, uh, like, the wolf thing. Well, I was I was there at the base uh, just kind of waiting, and, yeah, it was pretty, when he came out, it was, it was crazy. I was like, like, dude, you've been walking up through this, what is it, like, 14-mile stretch or whatever from, you know, from there to Cannon or something. And uh, just come rolling in at four in the morning, like. So anyway, yeah, we we were ready to go, but he needed to sleep, so yeah. we ended up uh, meeting up the next uh, or a couple hours later, and and um, yeah, just uh, about I don't know about a dozen of us, maybe maybe fewer, uh, went up the uh, Beaver Brook uh, Trail, and um, you know it was cool. Like you know he at this point like he knew he wasn't getting the Diarrhea speed record like he wanted, but, but you know he was. You know, it was everybody. It was clear to everybody he was gonna get a single year grid. So he was on another planet at this point. Like he was, you know, totally wasted off his treehouse. But you know, he was definitely pretty <laughs> stoked. And um, once we got up to the top, I mean, it was really cool. Like you know, you get to see like one of the you know craziest uh, accomplishments anybody's ever managed to pull off in the White Mountains, and you're there. 
And, um, you know, I kind of get into journalism mode. I'm like, all right, get my phone, get portrait mode going and just, you know, try to position myself to get the best picture possible. So, you know, he, he, uh, comes up, uh, you know, touches that sign and just lets out a big old roar. And we, you know, everyone up there was, everyone who was with him was all stoked and all the random people were just like, who, like, what, who are you? Like, what's (laughs) what's going on? That's kind of what he had said as well. Like (laughs) all these people are like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what's what's his, what's his deal? Like, little do they know, you know. And not, oh yeah, oh no, yeah. I I, was... I, I don't really want to like absolutely like compare this to when I finished the AT, but like it was kind of a similar thing. Like when I summited Katahdin, like there was a bunch of day hackers up there that didn't really like know like that I had literally just finished the AT. So <laughs> I I, I kind of thought of that when I when I heard that story from. I him. totally I can totally see that. Like I mean, to be fair though, if if you're up on Katahdin, I kind of feel like you should at least kind of consider that as a possibility whereas this is this is just so out of left field i mean like a few people kind of asked uh, some of the others and they were like oh yeah no he just did this thing and they're like wait what i mean yeah <laughs> it was pretty pretty wild so um yeah i mean perfect day up there i mean the, the musalak never disappoints uh, for those who don't know mount musalak is usually the first uh, white mountains 4000 footer you encounter if you're heading no- northbound on the appalachian trail and it's basically this big grassy bald you don't really see too many like it in New Hampshire, and it's just got an incredible view. Um, really, really cool introduction to the Whites, um, and it happened to be my first 4,000 footer, actually. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, just his, like, you know, kind of him being able to finish there, was it definitely was better than him finishing on Cabot, which would have been if he'd done the final diuretissima going the other way. So, you know, it was really cool. And then, yeah, then on the way down, it's like, well, we can't go down the Beaver Brook, because Beaver Brook is steep as hell. and you know, he was like, he, I don't know if he would have made it down. Like he would have like probably tumbled down and it would have been bad. Dude, so that, we that is made a the smart, freaking gnarly trail. So yeah, I could see that. We made the, yeah, we made the smart call and we were just like, yo, let's go to, uh, let's just go down Gorge Brook. So, uh, most at, at a certain point, I mean, most everyone kind of just went ahead. So actually it was me and Phil walking down together for the majority of the descent. Uh, I mean, it's kind of worked out that way. Cause I'm like thinking, all right, well, I want to be stick with him just in case like something cool happens. So for the story, but also like I was concerned for his safety. Like <laughs> I can't leave this guy alone. Like he could just like keel over on the trail at any point. So, you know, definitely was, you know, good to stick together and, uh, worked out nicely. Cause, um, as we almost got to the bottom, some friends of his started showing up who like kind of had been following the spot tracker. And these two guys that he was friends with had get this. They, apparently, they were at some pub in Lincoln or Woodstock, and they were at a bar watching his spot tracker on their phone, the same way that like two guys might watch the Patriots, yeah, you know, yeah. on a Sunday. <laughs> like, and they didn't, they didn't, they weren't there together. They just happened to both be there. And at one point, they look up, it's like, "Yo, you following Phil?" And he, he's like, "Yeah, dude." And then eventually, they're like, "Oh, yeah, he's almost done. Let's go meet him." So <laughs> that's so funny. Shout out to those guys. I mean, that was I couldn't believe it. Like, that was the coolest thing. And then um, eventually, yeah, Serena and her, you know, she, uh, Serena from the the Notch Hostel, she showed up and that was like a super emotional thing too. They were both stoked and, you know, had a big hug and it was crazy. So, uh, you know, yeah, just a really cool day, a really cool experience. And then basically as soon as we got done with that, I drove home and I put the finishing touches on my article, hit send and, you know, called up the other and said, all right, you know, you got it. It's, it's good. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah. turnaround was pretty quick after that. Yes. That's, that's. That's pretty cool to hear, you know, how that all went down from like someone else besides Philip's perspective, like someone else that was there at the end. Um, I'm 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 glad I got to hear that. Uh, like I I can't even imagine, dude. Like I I kind of wish I could have been there as well. Um, 
Dude, let's uh let's talk a little bit more about the whites and, and this New Hampshire forty eight thing. So I just have like a bunch of like pretty basic questions written down about, you know, your experience hiking the forty eight four thousand footers there. And I think we're just gonna kinda go through and talk about some of that stuff and I'm gonna work in some of uh some of my experiences as well, kind of like I mentioned towards the beginning of the episode here. So first of all, let's let's start at the end here. What peak did you finish on? My finish, uh, I finished on Cannon, uh, Cannon Mountain. Cannon, uh, which is I feel like that's kind of kind of random, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, no, it's uh, do well, a lot of do a lot of people finish on on Cannon? I think a few, fair amount do. Well, I'll tell you why. So first of all, so people who maybe aren't familiar, Cannon Mountain is one of the more prominent ski resorts in uh, New Hampshire, and um, it's it's right across from the Franconia Range, um, at the uh, other side of the Notch, and. Uh, you know, it's not the tallest and it's maybe not the most noteworthy, but it's got a terrific view at the top. Um, you know, just crazy views across to Franconia. Uh, there's an observation tower. And um, the reason I left it for last specifically is because it also has the, the aerial tramway. So that uh, that makes it accessible for people who maybe aren't hikers. Uh, if they want, they can uh, take the tramway up. And, um, you know, so my thinking was, let's leave one with a good view it's pretty easy by comparison or well, it's short. <laughs> it's <Yeah. laughs> pretty short compared to most. Uh, it's very steep. It turned out, but you know, it, it was a, it felt like a good one to leave for last. I didn't want to finish with like Mount Adams or, you know, one of the, or Bond Cliff or something that's like really intense. Like this was supposed to be like a celebration. So yeah, man, um, it turned out nobody who came with me needed to take the tramway up. Uh, <laughs> although actually a couple did take it down just for, because of time constraints for them. But um, yeah, it was great. Like, you know, exactly out of it. It was a beautiful day. You know, my wife, uh, my dogs, uh, one of my dogs got to come. A couple of my friends were there. Uh, Phil came up to uh, kind of return the favor. Um, <laughs> nice. and it was great. It was just, uh, I, the only complaint I had, it was, it was crowded as hell. Like a million people were out there, but you know, it was, it was fun. I was, it, it always kind of loomed as this, like, I, I decided I was going to do Canon last a long time ago. So it's been this kind of MacGuffin driving the plot for the last two years of my life. So <laughs> when I was actually standing up there, I was just like, geez, like, here we go. I, I'm, I did it. It's yeah, good. Man. I'm over <laughs> 48. So it's in the bag. For sure. For sure. Um, that makes total sense now that you mentioned it about, you know, having people come up with you and, and potentially wanting to use like the, the ski areas, you know, transportation up or whatever. Um, I didn't even think about that because I, I didn't really finish with anybody. Well, actually I, I did finish the, uh, the 48 with someone, but he was just another hiker that I was, <clears throat> that was just, you know, hiking for fun. So I didn't even think about that. Um, but that definitely makes sense. And that's definitely a good little like pro tip for anybody out there. If you want to bring like somebody up who might not like be up for the challenge of hiking a 4,000 footer in the whites, you know, Cannon or, or Wildcat, one of the Wildcats, I guess, too, or whichever one is closest to the to the yeah, gondola. There. Wildcat, Wildcat D and Mount Washington would both both be oh, good yeah, options yeah, and for Mount that Washington too. too. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't even think of that. So yeah, definitely a a good little pro tip there. Um, that that's cool that you finished with people. Um, I mean, <laughs> not to not to like start this pity party over here, but like <laughs> when I finished my forty eight in New Hampshire, I was with my friend Dan, who I've you know, one of my best friends, I've been hiking with him. I actually started like hiking with him when I was in high school. So for, for him, like, I don't think he really cared that much. Like it was just like another like day hike for him. So <laughs> I got up there, I was like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't really that big of a, a celebration. And, and then when I finished the, the 46, uh, the other weekend there, 
I was like just by myself, honestly. Like there, I I summited. There's nobody else up there on Haystack Mountain, which was pretty incredible for like a a, a decent weather Saturday. Um, and a couple guys like stopped over for like a few minutes, but I didn't even like tell them or anything. I was just kind of <laughs> all by myself, which uh, I don't know. Um, I I guess that could be kind of a uh, interesting too. Like I may I, I kind of wish I could have finished one of them by myself and then finished one like with friends and family. I guess so. I don't know. Either way, you know, it, it it is what it is. Um so this is this next question you you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but um like when did you actually kind of set your eyes on, you know, doing the 48 like and and when did you like start and you know how long did the 48 peaks take you? Yeah, so um I think I'll tell it my hiking origin story basically goes back about 5 years or so. I don't exactly know what kind of came over me, but I kind of became obsessed with the idea of hiking Mount Washington. It just, I'd never done it before. I'd never really been up to the White Mountains. You know, I did, you know, kind of whenever I went up to New Hampshire, we were usually either at the Lake Sunapee area or the, uh, you know, the Winnipesaukee area. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like, man, I just need to get up there more often, but I just never really had a reason to. And I kind of, you know, started to express that opinion to a few of my friends. And eventually, um, you know, me, uh, my wife and a couple of friends, uh, Amy and Mike, who I've done a lot of hikes with, you know, you know, and basically we all kind of agreed, hey, let's all go do a hike together. That'd be fun. So we picked Labor Day of 2015. And I was like, all right, yo, guys, we're going to do Mount Washington. Washington. It's going to be great. And I mean, because that's just kind of how I am. I'm like thinking, all right, well, what's the biggest, and most awesome thing we can do? And well, th them being the responsible ones, they're like, Mac, we're, we're not going to do Mount Washington. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> so we started with Mount Monadnock and we had a blast. Uh, Monadnock's not a 4,000 footer, uh, but it's a pretty popular um, peak down in southern New Hampshire. Uh, very, very well trafficked. Very, uh, very great views from the summit. And we were like, all right, yo, let's do that again next year. So uh, Labor Day weekend 2016, we decided to do Mount Musilak. Uh, just talked about it. Obviously, great view. Um, pretty, not not a very difficult by 4,000 foot, footer standards. Uh, easy to get to. You know, we go up there. Uh, beautiful day. Uh, you know, it was like pouring back home. But like there was like <laughs> the remnants of some hurricane that day. But no sign of it up there. So you just had a great, great view. And um Kind of what happened was when we're up at the summit, some AT through hikers were passing through and these guys were up there and they were just kind of chilling out doing their thing. And, um, you know, I kind of started talking with one of them and this guy was like, just, you know, your stereotypical straight out of central casting, like hippie dude like you know like the long hair the tank top just chilling there like total surfer dude vibe and uh you know i'm talking to him about the appalachian trail and he asked me yo so like are you like doing the four thousand footers man and i'm like uh no dude like what, what what's that he's like yeah man it's like a big thing up in new hampshire you just go up and there's like 48 of them and people do a whole list it's like a whole thing dude and i'm like <laughs> all right all right hippie person like that sounds dope i love the impression <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude no seriously like he was he was a character um and yeah i don't know i just kind of started looking into it and basically over the winter it you know obviously you know how we winters in new england are i'm like stuck in my house and i just fall down the youtube rabbit hole i start following people and basically just started looking at youtube videos of every 4,000 footer I can find and basically as soon as the snow melts I'm like all right get me out there I need to go so I get my crew back together we do Mount Pierce and um, that was great uh, Mount Pierce is on the presidential range it's uh, one of the shorter ones it's got a really cool view uh, facing up northwards towards the um, Mount Washington and the kind of the other southern presidentials 
And uh, that's kind of the point. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm in. Let's go. So my, I think you could say I officially committed when I did Whiteface and Pass Gone Away as my next one, which is super, super random in retrospect. But, you know, that was a, a fun one. Um, Whiteface has got all these cool ledges and, you know, kind of clamber up these things. And then you get a good view facing southwards to Lake Winnipesaukee. You don't really get a view quite like that anywhere else. And then Pass Gone Away is kind of whatever. It's got some cool views up there too. But yeah, and then after that, it was Lincoln Lafayette. So get the Franconia uh, loop, which is kind of the, one of the more famous um, 4,000 footers. And then just, yeah, then I was off to the races from there. And then I was kind of, there's no doubt after that, I was eventually going to finish. Yeah, I mean, I, that is kind of, you just said a second ago, it's kind of random that you did a Whiteface and Pasa Conway early on like that. I feel like those are two of the more like underrated peaks, because to be honest with you, I, I probably haven't thought about those peaks since I did them. Like I like completely forgot those peaks even exist. Like they obviously like forty eight. It's a pretty big number, and I I do a lot of hiking. But um, I like I completely forgot about those, and and I I really enjoyed those as well. I feel like I actually want to go back to that area and and maybe explore some of the other trails like around there because I remember just looking at the map and and looking at the trailheads and stuff, and I was like like damn like they're in, in the signs, the trail signs. You know, there's just like so much down there that I feel like a lot of people kind of forget about because it's kind of overshadowed by like the presidentials and Franconia and all the popular stuff, obviously. So I don't have you ever had a chance to like explore anything else like down there or, or even uh, even more generally, have you ever had a chance to explore any of the trails in the whites that aren't like part of the, the 4000 footers? Um. Well, I've done most of, well, most of my hiking has been kind of 4,000 footers related. Um, so far, the only um, time I've been down in Pasconaway and Whiteface and the, 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 what's that thing called? The bowl, that whole area yeah, man. was for yeah. that hike. I'm, do, I'm like due to go back. Um, so actually kind of one thing I should mention. So around um, after when 2018, the 2018 season started, I actually had, been watching so many hiking videos that I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to make my own from now on. So I started to do a, basically my own YouTube channel. Um, Pass Gone Away and Whiteface was one of the ones that predated that. So I need to get back there and I need to um, check that place out again. And, you know, it's like you said, it's beautiful. You know, it's very underrated. Um, there's a few other cool places down there, like the Sandwich Dome is another one in that area that I'd love to check out. Uh, Mount Chakarua, not a 4,000 footer either, but that's a pretty popular one. Those are kind of all in that southern New Hampshire and southern White Mountains kind of range. Um, yeah, no, it's it, honestly, I've never had like a, a bad like experience in the Whites. I mean, I mean, I've had some less than stellar <laughs> conditions in the Whites, but you know, all the uh, you know, you can't really go wrong. It's the whole region is beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And 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 honestly, one of the cool things about finishing the 4,000 footers is now like you can go back and explore some of these other areas, you know, because that's one thing I've been, I've been thinking about, um, because I've obviously, I finished them in 2017, July, 2017, I think it was. So like, I, I, the only time I've been back since then was just, um, on my through hike, obviously, but like, I am really going to try to make some time this fall to like, go back and explore. Honestly, I might even just go to that same area we were just talking about there. Um, you know, the, the <clears throat> Southern part of the of the whites and, and, you know, over by, uh, whiteface and Paso Conaway. So I don't know, like it's like, once you finish the 4,000 footers, like that's great. And like, you've, you've experienced like the, you know, the more popular and the more like quote, like epic as far as like maybe views and like the challenge goes like that, the more epic parts at least. But 
you now have the chance to kind of go back and explore some of those like lesser known spots, I guess. One thing that I really want to do is the, I think it's the, the Kil- Kilkenny range or uh, uh, ridge yeah. rather, you know, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've done like Cabot and I've done, um, uh, what's the other one there? Wow. What Wambunk or whatever it is. Wombeck. 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 Yeah. Like I've, I've done those two peaks obviously, but like there's that trail that kind of connects the two of them. And I really want to hit that. I mean, I want to hit the whole Kohas trail as well. I believe that's part of the Kohas trail too, but, um, that, that area, like the, the way northern part too, again, like kind of away from most of the traffic, that seems that seems pretty cool as well. So I don't know. Um, are there any like specific areas? I know I just asked you about like the, the southern part by Whiteface and Paso Conaway, but like are there, and, and you just named some spots there, are there any other areas like in the Whites that you know of specifically that you think would be cool to check out um, besides the uh, 4,000 footers? Um, well, let's see. I mean, the Pemajawasset Wilderness is kind of where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Uh, that's obviously you've got Franconia, the Franconia range on one side, the the twin range is kind of on top and you'll get like Garfield, uh, Galehead and that whole range up there. So Appalachian trail through hikers will know that mm-hmm. uh, the right side of that you've got the bonds. I mean, listen, if you've never been to the White Mountains and you're not familiar with the 4000 footers, go on Google Bond Cliff right now and then do yourself <laughs> a favor and find a way to get out there. Yeah, it is one of the most incredible hikes you can ever do. And unfortunately, I have to kind of take other people's word for that because when I did the bonds, I got no views Dude, whatsoever. Dude, same here, man. Same here. <laughs> I got totally socked in and it was bullshit. <laughs> I was, I was super so, It was so freaking disappointing. Last, uh, it was last Columbus Day, uh, I went up for an overnight, my first ever overnight, uh, first time I'd ever like slept in a tent in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And I got these pretty sweet views from Z cliff the day before and it was peak foliage and I'm just thinking man oh man if I just get this view tomorrow it's gonna be so freaking dope and I woke up at what five in the morning at the guillot campsite and I roll over to West Bond it was pitch black I'm in the middle of the woods all by myself with nothing but my headlamp and you know, a little water bag because I stashed most of my gear at the campsite. And I'm walking through like, man, like, what am I doing out here? Like, I am <laughs> like literally in the middle of freaking nowhere in the pitch black. And, you know, eventually I get up to West Bond and I just sit on a rock up there and I say, all right, you know what? I'm here. The sun's going to come up and I'm just going to get these sweet views. And uh, it didn't take long for me to realize that it wasn't going to be my day. The mm. uh, clouds... Well, they were they were there and they weren't going anywhere. Uh, the forecast had said that may have been a possibility, but my schedule at that point was pretty tight. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. Maybe I'll get lucky. And uh, I didn't get lucky. So <laughs> I'm planning on getting back up there probably around a similar time and uh, going to go for it a second time. And uh, I'm going to get that view. I still, need a, I still need a proper Bond Cliff picture. The one I have right now is literally just my silhouette on the cliff, which is actually <laughs> kind of a badass picture. But, you know... You, you, you gotta get the full view dude it's freaking sketchy like on that cliff though like i when, when i was up there or, or excuse me before i got up there i like kind of thought about that i was like oh am i gonna try to get like the classic like bond cliff like sitting on the edge picture and it was very apparent to me as soon as i got up there that that was not gonna happen like <laughs> that shit's, oh yeah it's... and i'm not even like super bad with heights or anything but like yeah, fuck that. Like, that shit's pretty crazy. <laughs> Dude, that cliff is absolutely terrifying. I mean, even with the clouds, I could just look down and be like, oh, geez, like, I don't, I can't even see where this It'd thing is. Oh, even my like, God. Yeah, dude, that would probably be even sketchier, honestly. Um, that's that's pretty epic, though. That, that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, dude, when I did the Pemi Loop, uh, I didn't get a single view the entire time. Like, nothing on Franconia, nothing on the Garfield and the rest, and certainly nothing on Bond Cliff. But I got really lucky... 
because when I went through on my through hike, you know, you I think AT probably does like a third of that Pemi loop. And when I did it the second time, perfect weather. And it was on a through hike, so it probably was a little bit more like important that the weather be nice, <laughs> at least as far as my comfort goes. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I definitely want to go back and do the Pemi loop again sometime. Like maybe even try to do it in one day. Because I did it like as a backpacking trip the first time. So, dude, if you can do a Pemi loop in one day, you got major props from me. So, I uh, actually, the week, a couple days before I finished my 48, I actually attempted to do a Pemi loop. It was uh, meant to be my victory lap of sorts. Um, but because of some scheduling stuff, um, my Canon hike had to be pushed back. And I just didn't have time to make the Canon hike or the, the Pemi loop work any other time. So, uh, I went for it. And let me tell you, that. It absolutely kicked my ass. <laughs> it's it no joke. Insane, I mean, yeah. it's like 36 miles or something, and you know, you cover, you know, f I don't know, 12 different 4,000 footers. I mean, it's pretty serious. Um, so yeah, just basically real quick, how it went for me. So I started around seven in the morning, six in the morning. You know, no, get up to Flume, no problem. Um, so there was rain in the forecast, and I knew that basically, if I had a chance to get over Lafayette by like one o'clock, I'd be fine. And, uh, well, it didn't exactly work out that way. I'm not the fastest hiker, unfortunately. So I at least did manage to get to Little Haystack and the cloud, the peaks were all totally in the clear. So I got to do the whole, um, you know, Little Haystack, Lincoln, Lafayette, and just crazy views, even undercast starting to roll in. The view, it was nuts, like just absolutely crazy, you know, it's not like clear exactly, but you've got all these clouds everywhere, just a different perspective. And then the rain came right <laughs> after I got over the Lafayette summit. Oh, and man, let me tell you, that was a very authentic crappy day on the Appalachian <laughs> Trail type of experience. Because I go, you know, all the way down from Lafayette to the kind of the Garfield Pond area. And it's just like my, like a mile or two miles or it felt like forever. I'm just going down these slick, steep rock slabs. And I'm just getting dumped on at a certain point. I run out of water. That also sucked. I'm like drenched <laughs> and I'm like just totally soaked. There's water everywhere except in my water bottle. I literally got to the point where I get to Garfield Pond and I have to just like filter this filthy pond water just because yeah, I was so dude. thirsty. It was I did awful. the same freaking thing when I was there. Then I, you know, climb up to Garfield. By this point, it's socked in. I get to, um, you know, the Garfield campsite and I just, you know, ate my dinner, went to, went to sleep. And honestly, the next day I actually had to call it off like... I was supposed to be out there another two days, but you know, for one hand, my boots, my, uh, my hiking shoes are not very good. This has happened a couple of times where anytime I go more than like 15 miles in a weekend, my feet just get all jacked up. So my feet were totally screwed. And, um, you know, my bat, my phone had, was running low on battery and my external charger was also running low on battery, which was weird. Cause like it was fully charged before <laughs> it was just, you know, honestly, I, I haven't done, you know, I'm not a through hiker. So like a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking, who is this guy? But <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, a, it was a great learning experience, but I also knew it was like, you know, this isn't going to be your day and the weather for that, the rest of the week, the weather wasn't really that great. And day two was all peaks I'd done before. And I really wasn't looking forward to having to do that climb from a uh, gale head up to South twin, which any Appalachian trail hiker is probably familiar with. It's, it sucks. It's a it's 0.8 miles of death. So, you know, I call I actually, I actually called up Phil and I was like, yo, Phil, can you come get me? I'm done. <laughs> so <laughs> he came and rescued me. And, uh, that was, that was a great learning experience. Um, 
But, you know, that was cool, though, because like, I've had a chance, you know, I've told you about the Bonds. I've told you about the uh, the Franconia kind of super, super uh, traverse, I guess. So the presidential traverse is really the other big uh, major hike that a lot of people doing the 48 will do. Um, you know, basically you just go over all the presidential peaks. I got a perfect day to do that. I did nice. all of them. And nice. basically it wasn't quite one day. I did Appalachia, the Appalachia Trailhead over Madison, Adams, Jefferson, Washington, Monroe. I actually had to skip Eisenhower because it was getting dark. And then up over Pierce and I spent the night at the Mitzvah hut because Lake of the Clouds was full. Uh, that was uh, that was awesome. Just a really, really cool experience. You know, I'm up on the Southern Presidentials and the sun is setting. The views were just nuts. That is, you know, that's uh, the Crawford Path is really one of the a really special trail. That's one of the coolest places that you'll find in the Whites. And, you know, I'd highly recommend anybody who, um, you know, tries to do the 48 to if not do a full uh, full presidential traverse, at least do the Southern uh, kind of stretch from Washington to uh, Pierce or Jackson. And um you won't be disappointed, especially if you get good weather. How about what would you say, if if any at all, what would you say are like some of the more overrated peaks in the uh, forty eight? Overrated, hmm, that's it's tough. A, I know it, it, I it is know. tough, and and it's a very like open question. So don't don't read into it too much. Just whatever your definition of overrated would be. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, all of the peaks are spectacular. So. You know, I won't, I'm not going to bag on any of them. I would say, honestly, the most overrated peak has got to be Mount Washington, if we're being honest. Yeah, dude. You know, it's <laughs> exactly the most popular. Too. It's the most popular, obviously, because it's the tallest. But, you know, the vibe up there is just different. You know, it's, you got all these buildings, you've got a cafeteria. And, you know, not that I have nothing against cafeterias on top of mountains. They can really be a real, a real <laughs> nice thing to have when you're hungry. Um, you know, the cog, the cog railway and the, 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 um, the the auto road you know it's great that it makes it accessible but you know when you're doing a presidential traverse or even if you're just hiking mount washington itself you get up to the top and there's just people with flip-flops and cotton t-shirts you know it's you can't help but be a little bit annoyed like it's like come on oh like, yeah what are you doing here <laughs> like, oh yeah for sure for and, sure you know the crowds like i didn't have to worry about the, I, I didn't have to wait in line when i got my summit picture because by the time i got up there it was pretty late but you know washington is definitely i highly recommend it but it's not it's not the end the be all and end all you know you got you know there's some really cool places like i would say musalak would be one i would rank higher um south twin has got a really cool view you got the whole presidentials and the whole pema Jawaset. um you know bond and bond cliff and that whole area is crazy mm-hmm. um you know there's there's some great stuff out there you know there's all kinds of different places you can check out Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I, I would, I would definitely agree on Washington being the most overrated too, um, and and mostly because I just hate the concept of waiting in line to take a picture at some or even touch the summit of a mountain. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm not gonna sit here and complain about Washington all day because there are are plenty of people already who do that. But um, I don't know. Whenever, whenever, like, for instance, one of my coworkers, he, you know, he's he's not a I don't want to say he's not a hiker, but he's not like the kind of hiker that would listen to a podcast about hiking, I guess. You know, he's a little bit more casual of a hiker and he's been like talking about doing Mount Washington, like, oh, I want to do Mount Washington. And I'm like, 
like like i get it it's like the highest one but like what like there's so much like i've been trying to tell him to do other ones instead because like there's so many other like better peaks than washington you know well, just, you just know for what? that that's, reason sounds just like me five years ago i mean i just was like yo i dude that's literally exactly that's exactly what i want to go get it man too. i want to get up get the get the the big one and then you know along the way discover there's some really other cool ones out there. I mean, it ended up taking me four years between when I actually sat down and said, I'm going to hike Mount Washington and when I actually did it. And like, I don't know why it took that long, but you know, the way it worked out, actually Washington wound up being my 24th peak. So it was the exact halfway point. And I didn't really plan it that way, but that was kind of nice. Uh, kind of get it right in the middle. Um, have you heard about this like new survey or whatever of Mount Tecumseh saying that it's like a little bit under 4,000 feet? Yes, I have. And in fact, I've actually uh, been trying to put my reporting skills to good use. Um, basically, the latest there is uh, they've kind of completed the surveys. And uh, at some point, the 4,000-footers uh, club is going to meet this fall and basically try to decide what to do. Really? Um, okay, so that, I didn't... I didn't. Okay, so I'm, I'm learning this right now because I had heard about like the the new uh, measurement or whatever, but I hadn't heard anything like beyond that. So I was going to ask you... Like what you think about it, like your personal opinion, and everybody, if you disagree with him here, like it's just an opinion. Like it's, I hope I, I hope nobody would actually like get upset about this. But um, yeah, like what do you, your personal opinion, like what do you think they should do as far as um, either keeping it included or excluding it because of the new reading on the uh, on the height. I'll start with sort of the latest data. So the word is is that Tecumseh is under four thousand feet uh, by I think it's three thousand nine hundred ninety-seven, and Lincoln <laughs> and South Hancock are both apparently do not quite meet the two hundred foot uh, criteria. Oh, so basically, to be really, a, to be I a didn't 4, know that. Foot, yeah, so to be a four thousand footer, you have to have the elevation, but you also have to rise uh, two hundred feet above the uh, highest coal or, uh, you know, the low point between you and the next uh, tallest peak. So uh, South Hancock, obviously, is, I don't know if anybody would really miss it, but Lincoln is a one of the iconic ones. Uh, but on the other hand, Mount Guillot, which is currently, which is like, the, uh, the elevation is like 4,500 feet, but for a, while, for a while it wasn't considered to meet that uh, kind of prominence or whatever. Um, apparently it does. So Ooh, interesting. Those are, th that's Damn. what the data says. But as you know, as a Adirondack guy, you know, sometimes that doesn't necessarily matter. Like the, what the 4,000 footers committee will just have to decide is, you know, are we going to stick to tradition or are we going to be super, um, you know, official with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to do and I'm not even sure what I want them to do. I, I really do like the idea of Mount Guillot being a 4,000 footer though. It, it's like, it definitely deserves to be, it, you know, I, I didn't get the views when I was there, but it is a, a, bare, a bald peak that would surely have just outstanding views and would be a worthy inclusion. But I don't know if I, I mean, Lincoln, can't, they, they can't take Lincoln off. <laughs> if yeah. they do, that would be a real shame. Um, and South Hancock, I mean, you know, it makes a cool loop. Uh, that's, you know, Han the Hancocks aren't the most interesting or impressive peaks, but, you know, they've been on the list for a long time. I think, honestly, if if Guillot, if there's a, another peak along with Guillot that was worth adding, I would add those two, make it an even 50, and leave the list the same. Otherwise, maybe, I don't know, maybe you take South Hancock off and add Guillot and keep it at 48. But otherwise, I wouldn't change it too much. I, I don't think they should take Tecumseh off, and I don't think they should take Lincoln off. I know that's pretty inconsistent, but like you said, that's just my opinion. So, <laughs> um, But we'll see, though. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be trying to follow this closely. Um you know, it's going to be a big story. They haven't had a change. The list hasn't changed in about 21 years now. Damn. And it hasn't, you know, before that it was like 20 years 
since the last change private prior. So, you know, these, you know, it would be pretty big, but you know, it is a thing. It's, like I said, worth following. Um, but I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, that's going to be something that will be discussed at length over the next couple months for sure. Yeah, dude, I, I didn't know about, you know, uh, about like Gio and, and South Hancock and, and those other ones there. So I think, that, I think that's pretty cool that you just brought that up. Um, yeah, I honestly, I would, I would be down with including, uh, Gio. That's how you pronounce it, right? Gio? Uh, I, I would say Gio, but Gio, Gio, Gio yeah, whatever. Something. I don't know. It's, <laughs> Guyot, it's, like whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? It's whatever. I I would definitely be down with including that one. Um, I I actually did it on my Pemi loop the the first time because the AT goes over it as well. So I've done it twice now. But uh, the first time when I was just doing my four thousand footers, I didn't realize <laughs> that it wasn't on the list. Like I literally just thought it was on the list. And after I got back, I like realized it, and I was like, oh shit, I did that like side trail for no reason now. <laughs> but it, but it is a it is a cool peak. So. I, I would be down. I would I would be down to throw it on there. Um, honestly, yeah. As far as like, I I would personally maybe it's just because I did the Adirondack Forty Six kind of like you you mentioned a few minutes ago. But for those of you for those of you that don't know, um, there's I can't remember maybe like three or four peaks in the Adirondack Forty Six that are below four thousand feet and. There's actually one peak that's above 4,000 feet in the Adirondacks that's that's not on the list, and and again that's because of surveying errors, and then they kept it just because of tradition. So that does. I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to be um like kind of looking at that example pretty closely when they make these decisions. Um, uh, you know about the New Hampshire 4,000 footers, but I, I would be down to add Gio Giot or whatever it is. And the only problem there, and and I I would also say I think they should just keep Tecumseh and keep South Hancock. In, in Lincoln, the only the only problem is, I I feel like forty nine just like doesn't have that ring to it, you know, <laughs> like a, like forty eight no, does for some be, reason. Like they gotta keep number. it at forty eight, and they gotta make it fifty. If yeah. they made forty nine, that would just be dumb. So it's like maybe they can like find another peak somewhere and, and include that. I don't even know shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're getting towards the end here, um, but we do have time for a story. So. I didn't even need to remind you about this because I always forget to remind people. Uh, you, it sounds like you already have one ready to go. So yeah, dude, let's uh, let's hear it. Oh boy, do I! All right. So basically, uh, I mentioned a little or a little bit earlier how I uh, hiked Mount Isolation with Phil, and um, basically, you know, it was a it was a beautiful day. Um, you know, the the hike we we did the one where you go up Glen Boulder over uh, the the Davis Trail. Uh, Davis path rather and um, you know gr- just great views throughout you know get up to the top Mount Isolation you know this that was kind of the last big peak that I needed to get done and um, you know he's almost finished with his uh, his single year grid so you know we're both stoked we both have like a like a quick um, you know summit beer to celebrate and then I'm like all right well I want to get back down to see uh, you know game seven so we hustle down we basically run all the way down the Rocky Branch Trail where uh, we'd left his uh, his truck and you know we we just we're crushing it like the the trail is like flooded so we're like bouncing from rock to rock and you know i you know, i don't normally move this quickly i basically say yo you lead the way so you know i got the full philip karsha experience and just trying <laughs> to keep up and you know it was great like you know, we we crushed the whole thing in like i don't know seven miles in like three hours maybe less i mean that was by far the fastest pace i've ever maintained mm-hmm. and so basically we get down to like the bottom and i'm like feeling myself i'm stoked we're jogging now like we're just straight up running and um we, we're within sight of the 
uh, the, the parking lot. And, he, you know, he's got his GoPro going because, you know, like I mentioned before, I, you know, I do some filming so I can make videos of these hikes. And as I'm literally right passing the sign, I just turn around and I just go, let's go. <laughs> and then I absolutely ate shit. <laughs> Dude, I like just, I tripped over like a branch and fell flat on my face and Phil just like is dying laughing. He's just like, oh my God. Perfect way to end, and huh? <laughs> Naturally, he, he has the GoPro going. So he got the whole thing on film and oh my God. <laughs> never i've never had anything like that happen to me i was it was like on one hand it was like really funny but on the other hand it's like come on man like you know you're out here like you know keeping up with one of the, like the legends of the white mountains and this is how you go and like do it at the finish line Dude, <laughs> i'll be, on, I'll it be was, honest it was with really you. funny i actually I, i've seen that video it's, it, it is pretty funny <laughs> everyone should go Dude, awesome. should go watch it um I'll, I'll throw a link to Max's youtube channel in the uh in the show notes but yeah dude that 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 was like super funny because like i'm sure most people listening to this like can maybe not like relating to like how it was right at the end of the hike like that but like can definitely relate to kind of like a embarrassing or funny fall like that like when you're just not expecting it at all so (laughs) i I, I got a kick out of it for sure (laughs) yeah mine just happened to be on camera oh well (laughs) it happens (laughs) definitely dude that that's that's great as as soon as you you mentioned um you know how you were hiking with philip and doing mount isolation i was like yep i know i know the story he's going for here so <laughs> that's well, great it's funny actually you had just uh you had just dropped your episode with alton echo that morning and so we were actually talking about like you know i wonder like if i was on the show what would my my story be and i wasn't sure then that happened and i knew <laughs> <laughs> that's freaking great, i like the joke though because as i mentioned before uh, i hate to bring up painful memories but uh, bruins didn't do so hot in game seven later that day so the next morning i texted phil i was just like yeah dude uh just in case you didn't see it yourself uh, bruins face planted worse than i did yesterday <laughs> <laughs> ouch <Rough. laughs> ouch ouch i just when i had kind of forgotten about it too <laughs> dude it's a new season coming up though it's a it's a whole new year dude i was just talking about it with my roommate today it's like freaking month until hockey starts again a month until my my listeners have to hear me mention that in passing every now and again <laughs> so dude it's like four days until the patriots opening night dropping banner the uh the new the new uh, championship banner so yeah dude you're gonna be uh, that's, that's like my whole life these days so i'm looking busy. forward to getting back out on the trail i haven't been able to hike since canon ever it's just been crazy oh, but uh looking forward to getting back out there so it'll be fun yeah man yeah man um yeah i think we're gonna i think we're gonna kind of wrap it up here so why don't you give yourself a plug real quick? You know, where can people go to find you on YouTube and other social media sites? So, yeah. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's where you'll find all my hiking pictures and stuff. Uh, my handle is just my name, Max Cerullo, uh, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. Um, my YouTube is, uh, my YouTube username is very, uh, creative. It's also my name, except <laughs> like, you know, capitalized and with a space. Um, if you search, uh, my, 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 all my videos are just called hiking the 4,000 footers and then whatever the name of the mountain is. So you can just Google, or just search that. It shouldn't be that difficult to find. You know, it's not a very big channel. I mean, most of my videos typically get like a hundred views if that, but you know, honestly, it's fun. Just kind of go back and look oh, at yeah. it and be like, oh yeah, that's what it looked like that day. Um, you can also, if you're more interested in kind of following my, uh, we'll say my professional stuff, uh, my Twitter is at Max Cerullo. And if that's, uh, if you're a Patriots fan, or if you happen to have an interest in high school sports in greater Newburyport, then, uh, you can give me a follow there. 
And um, also going to give you another quick plug. Uh, so my, um, if you followed my videos, you'll notice I, I have a, a couple of labs, uh, Allie and Stella. Uh, Allie's a two-year-old black lab who's come on a couple hikes with me, and Stella is a six-month-old silver lab. Um, Allie is a competitive duck diver, and actually Ooh. just a couple weeks ago, my wife took her down to ESPN's campus in Bristol, and they were like competing on TV. So oh, dude, uh, give, them a, sick. <laughs> give them a bit of a plug. They're using, their uh, Instagram is at the Labraduo underscore Allie Stella, and you should definitely follow them because they're adorable, and they, you know, who doesn't love dogs, honestly? So, <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I, I think you're the first person to plug a pet like social media and you're also 44 episodes in i believe you're the first person to plug a twitter at the end of the episode too so that's awesome <laughs> breaking some records here <laughs> that's kind of funny well to be fair uh alton's account is basically a dog account with cole anyway so you know i, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think that's... i'm exactly breaking new ground here yeah i mean yeah that's that's fair shit dude yeah thank you so much yeah, let's uh, let's don't hang up on me quite yet, but uh, I'm gonna sign off now. So everybody listening, thank you very much, and have a good one. Mm-hmm.